Did you see that Gridley Scott might be doing Gladiator 2? Did you guys see that? Gladiator 2. I mean, just say yeah, that. Yeah, it's like Marcus stupid. Aurelius's son or something like that. Wait. What? What? Commodus? No, I Commodus dies at the end. I know, but doesn't Marcus isn't Aurelius. dead at the end? Marcus isn't, Aurelius' his son family is die? Commodus. Yeah, Marcus Aurelius dies in the beginning of the movie. He's the emperor, and then Commodus takes his place, but he made Maximus the emperor. Maximus. Uh Yeah, Maximus. Russell Crowe. I was thinking about Russell Crowe. Maximus' son is dead. He was killed by Commodus. Hold on. (laughs) Nobody in that universe lived to see the end of the movie. (laughs) He was beyond. He was beyond dead. I mean... There's no way that his they made is coming it back. quite clear that yeah. he's dead. <laughs> they made it without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. Oh, uh, this is the age of just retconning things, so you never know. I mean, yeah, it's not Gladiator like the Marvel two. Cinematic Universe. You can't just retcon Announced. Gladiator. Gladiator Two, starring Groot. Gladiator Two, time dilation. Like they, just go, they go back in time and they're they'll tie it into like Ridley Scott's alien stuff. It's gonna be Prometheus oh my three. God. Jesus. They just find the alien. Who David the you? Android goes back <laughs> to, to Roman Scott times. Just inserts that into all his movies now. It's just like at the end of all his movies, then an alien appears. <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus. at the end of the last duel. It's like an alien comes out of Adam Driver's body. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Whatever. Don't watch that, that been, movie. That would have been such a better ending. Don't don't pay for the for that movie. Jeff and I are gonna do a book report on it, but that's our preview. Don't pay for it. Don't pay for it. Don't pay for it. <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? I mean, I don't know. I've had quite a morning uh watching this film. Yeah. Oh, did you watch about. it this morning too? Yeah, yeah. I uh well I mean, you know, Alex was like, Hey, we can record today, so yeah, we All didn't right, know well. we were going to record yesterday. So, yeah, it was it was interesting starting off your day with two hours of really graphic child murder. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like, it's not just men murdering, ch- it's just children murdering children. Mm-hmm. Uh, children murdering children. men. Yeah, it's, it's all over the place, man. It's this a lot of murder in the is, slums uh, of Rio de Janeiro. Rio, oh, ooh, nice. Yeah, you like Great that? Great pronunciation. Um, the, uh, yeah, this movie is brutal. Breakfast of Champions. It's brutal. Oh boy. This it is an is Alex brutal. pick. That's uh, uh, not surprising, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. It's it's just uh, It just fits with the tone of Alex somehow. Now Does that it? I'm getting to like know your choices. I don't know. I mean, but, you mentioned um, before that you had an int- like you were interested and watched a lot of these like South American movies and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So when so when you recommended this, I actually wasn't too surprised because I figured one of these was coming down the pipe eventually. I was. Gonna had you do seen other it before, Jeffs? No, 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 no. I've heard of this movie for sure. This is definitely one of the most famous like South American movies that I have ever heard of, but. Yes, I've definitely heard of this movie, but no, Wait, I've never seen it before. So you're telling me this isn't just like a really hard hard R Guy Ritchie movie? It didn't feel like that to you guys? Oh, it I was did. surprised that joke completely landed flat. No, I, I was going to say, I was going to let Jeff re- reply, but I actually thought of that when I was watching it again this time around. Yeah. Just like Brazilian maybe. Guy Ritchie, but much less stylistic and much less Comedic. glorifying of the gangster life <laughs> yeah. you know like it, it looks has... fun to be a gangster a little bit in a guy Ritchie movie it doesn't look fun to be a gangster in this film at all it doesn't all. look fun to like be a civilian it doesn't look film. fun to be alive in this in this story <laughs> anywhere in yeah. this world yeah no which is horrible because this is a real place yes it is this is in a fantasy land the city of god is a real place and it is they couldn't even film in it because it was too dangerous they used Most of this movie was a, shot around it. A lot of people from the area, though. Yeah, which was cool. Yes, no. Most of the actors and um, people were were 
locals or had grown up here. The two main actors that we'll talk about uh, grew up in the city of God themselves. Yeah, they weren't actors. You have a bicycle thieves thing going on, which is um, yep. that's always amazing when that's pulled off. It's like it's so interesting. Like bicycle thieves is the first big one to do that. I think in forty eight is it an Italian movie. I think it was Italian. Yeah. Don't put a question mark on that. Like anyone in this group knows that. <laughs> um, <laughs> Alex would know that. You wouldn't. <laughs> Come on. Um, I was going to ask you guys though before we talk about this movie pulling stuff off. I mean, I I really really like this movie. I really liked it this time around, and it was different for me this time around because I hadn't seen it in like I want to say ten years, but. I thought that this movie, I don't know. I, I really like this movie, but what did you guys think? Jesse, you you never get to start one of these off. Oh, uh, that's true. I'm always asking that question. I like that Alex took the reins. I'm sorry. <laughs> no. I just figured since don't, I chose. Don't, don't apologize, you fuck. <laughs> I'm giving you props here. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, I. this movie was great. I... I think I might have seen it before in high school, but I really can't remember, so it might as well have been the first time. Um, really gritty, man. This movie does not yeah. pull punches. You see children and men get murdered. I want to go back a little bit to the, the Guy Ritchie comment because I think that's like an interesting part of this movie. And it's it, there's like a juxtaposition going on in my brain, kind of. It's not a huge problem, but it is a little bit weird where it has that, it has that style and that energy of something like Guy Ritchie or or even just like like gangster movies generally, something like um American gangster or a little bit of Scarface. Yeah. But like the the way that it has these characters that branch off is very Guy Ritchie. Certain editing choices, certain camera choices, certain like flourishes with the filmmaking felt very Guy Ritchie. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure if that was a detriment or not. And I'm curious what you guys think on on this topic of the filmmaking. Because it's like, I wonder if the movie would have been more impactful if it didn't try to have that, like, style, you know? Where it's like, oh, we got the cool music and we have the speed-up, slow-down editing technique. If it was more like Um, a traditionally made film. Not even traditional, but just, like maybe without some of the razzle dazzle like you know less what I mean? energy it's very frantic film for sure it's it, a frantic film the yeah. the shooting style i think in any other movie would have pissed me off yeah it's 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 shot yeah. in a way that i usually hate it's it's so jerky but for some reason in this movie it works for me and i don't know if it's because it has this kind of like i don't want to say i don't want to say documentary style people use that but but that almost implies that documentary people don't know how to work cameras. Yeah. Is bullshit. Yeah. But it's like, it's like just shaky cam and like the cameras flying all over the place, but it feels almost like, like you're in a war zone. Like yeah. you are holding a camera or looking through a camera that's in a war zone. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, it felt really authentic. Um, so yeah, there, I, I just had like 12 points there. Feel free to <laughs> pick up on any of them. Well, well yeah, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, I really loved this movie. I mean, it was definitely extremely gritty and graphic and and intense at times. I think everybody, regardless of their acting status or not, generally killed it. Oh, you yeah. Know, I think the main character falls a little flat, but that's really because we don't see him all that often in the film in general. Yeah. He pops up every once in a while as far as his physical self. He's mostly just the narrator. But... um. But yeah, I know. I think this movie def- definitely had an aesthetic to it that I feel was very true to what it was trying to tell, the story it was trying to tell. I mean, of course, we we were just mentioning, you know, everyone who who was in this movie has been either lived in or from that area. You know, it was all very real and it felt very lived in, and there was no like Hollywood aesthetic to it, which I think sometimes may lead to that documentary style feel mm. where it feels very like clean and scrubbed because it's like you're just seeing real footage. It, I don't, but what, to address your point about the Guy Ritchie thing, one, I think it's unfair to just attribute that, um, that filming style just to him while no, he was very famous. The, for I'm not it. doing like, that. I'm just, yeah, all I'm saying is fire. like it's easy to, it's an easy example to like illustrate yes. my point. Yeah, so like Man on Fire, I think has 
like some of the best representation of that type of camera work that you're talking about. Like Man on Fire has a lot of like the fever scenes and the close ups and the, I have the not layering. Seen Man on Fire. Ooh. You've never Den- Denzel and yeah, Dakota not, Fanning? I know I know what it is. Oh, I know it has okay. Denzel in it. I should yeah. say that. I guess we just I, I oh okay. I yeah. guess I have to like change my recommendation for next week. You wanna do Man on Fire instead of we, what I mean, we were we gonna have do? to. Yeah. Okay. What? Damn. Cool. Well, we have to. It's like it's it's great. It, I'm in it's quintessential Denzel movie. It's, you know, it's, it's so funny. Seconds. It's so funny when you hear that people haven't seen a movie and you're like, how? But then it's like it's like you could say that to anyone though about so many things. Sure, it's but like, like Man on Fire is just it's such like it's it's one of those like TNT movies that's like was always on TV. It was always it's just one of those movies that I just find it surprising that never just came through your net. But I mean, yeah. I don't want to digress too hard, but yeah. <laughs> Man on Fire has that same kind of intense like zoom-ins, layered camera work, mm-hmm. lots of like I said like feverish type camera, lots of film. Man on Fire was shot particularly on film, and it has that yeah. kind of gritty graininess to it. This movie, I think, captured more of that aesthetic than it did of a, a, a Guy Ritchie film. Like, you know, Guy Ritchie, yeah, he's this. I think the most Guy Ritchie s thing that you could say is definitely the the, the speed up, slow down edits and the music is, choices. Yeah, yeah. the like, yeah, it kind of has this like cool crime thing on the very pe- on the very surface because yeah, it, but this then movie it peters out quickly. Like that's the thing is that I don't feel like it carries that tone for very long. Once they grow up, once they're out of the '60s, I almost felt like that was had that tone because he's remembering his childhood. Oh, so it has a like kind of a light-hearted, like yeah, we were all just like hoodlums and like low-rent gangsters, and everything was kind of like there was no big-time gangsters in the city of God. Like everyone was kind of just amateur. And, and Guy Ritchie definitely carries his yeah. energy throughout his films. Sure. But what I'm trying to highlight is more like, I think it was more representative of him remembering fondly his childhood and his brothers. And it had a lighter tone because as soon as they kind of grow up and we kind of get back to, I, I guess you would call present. And the movie, the whole movie kind of takes place in the past. It is a Tarantino type thing. But uh, yeah, I, I just feel like, it was more representative of the type of storytelling and less of like a type of film style that we can just kind of put a, put a name on. Mm -hmm. I think that one of my favorite things about this movie was the idea that like, it was a story almost about everything or it was a story about all themes. And I felt like it tackled each theme very succinctly and carefully other than the theme of violence, which obviously was the most like violence and poverty were the two big ones, but you have romance in there. You have coming of age. You have the whole buddy, buddy thing with different characters. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I feel like it like intertwines a lot of like very generic storylines into one very complex one. And it does it well enough that it doesn't like go in too many directions or it's not trying to do too many things, but I always forget when I watch this movie, I forget the little camera tricks that they play. Not only with like something as simple as like a shaky or handheld cam, but it's like there are scenes that you see twice or three times or four times over that are just shot from different angles and you're like in Mm. a different perspective. But I feel like they shot the scene all at once, but I couldn't find anything that said whether or not they did. Um, oh, I'm sure they didn't shoot the same scene like a bunch of different times, like in, in different like times, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm sure they shot it from different perspectives at the same time, which is, is crazy I'm trying to say. Yeah. Cause when I would, wa- I would watch some scenes and it looked like from each perspective that they would have been able to perfectly hide a camera from each one. So I think that you're. Oh, you were looking at that. Yeah, yeah it was. You don't really that's need the, to that's hide the a perks of anymore. a rewatch, man. Because I was just like, there were some moments when I was watching this, and I was like, oh, I really want to like, sort of analyze the filmmaking or, or realizing that I'm not analyzing the filmmaking, and then I'm, but like whatever, because I'm just like so caught up in the story, and it's a good story. You know, I it's mean, really kinetic, and when you're reading subtitles as well, yeah, that's, you haven't seen a movie like that's it's, true. It's a lot to pay attention to on the first watch. (laughs) 
I love those jokes about subtitles. Like I've seen like memes and shit on the internet about like it having a stronger like gravitational pull than like a black hole. Like no matter what you do when there's a subtitle on the screen, like your eyes just have to go to it. Even if like even if you don't need them, right? Like Exactly. I, I, Jeff, I need them in most movies. Jeff always uses subtitles. I find them super distracting yeah. if I don't need them. Like because I I'm will just read them. Y'all can't read fast. I don't want to read them, <laughs> but I will read them. Well, it's I don't know if it's about I'm on like, fast reading. I think it's just like your eye, the eye movement, like flittering up and down and up and down and up and down. It that uh, does something to your attention span, or at least mine, which isn't the greatest to begin with. <laughs> oh yeah, you all I've, know I've, me. I've watched things with subtitles constantly. English, it, it doesn't matter whatever language. I just always have subtitles on because it takes about half a second, if less, to read a one sentence below the screen. Yeah, but man, some shots are like two seconds long and that's you're missing a quarter of the shot i'll watch it again i'll watch it again i will say (laughs) i you you take like you take what you can if you're watching a movie with subtitles you definitely get more of a narrative comprehensive like thorough view of the film at least for me i always yeah i feel like in movies like this where there's a lot of characters being able to see their names Mm -hmm. and how they're spelled allows me to associate the spelling the way the word name looks with the person yeah especially in a movie like this where there's a lot of nicknames and oh yeah you know i mean you know it's portuguese it's brazilian portuguese and it is a beautiful language and also very fast i just want to say sorry to anyone listening i actually think that portuguese is a very ugly language and i don't know why how dare i you? love spanish how dare you? it's not but Portuguese sounds like Spanish, just like with a stuffy nose. <laughs> what? Uh, Dude, it's, it's, it's like 20% phonetics with Spanish. It's, it's <laughs> so weird. What? It's a beaut- It's an. I think it's an unbelievably elegant language. It's like you can hear like the Arabic and, and type roots in it and, and like Spain, like like old spain spanish like old spanish i don't know i think it's you know how alex is like he's like an amalgamation of of like 20 different races you are portuguese i was gonna say (laughs) what i was gonna say is like maybe you have some blood in you of some culture who's racist against the portuguese and maybe that's where it comes from (laughs) but no you're just flat out portuguese (laughs) yeah maybe you're a self-hating portuguese yeah who knows but i mean i mean we can't i mean i i think it's would is a oh, Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just I can't sometimes uh, you guys. That's I okay. Can't. We're all, <laughs> I, all right. So I think it is important to mention, but we don't want to we shouldn't hang on it too long that you know this movie is shot in Rio de Janeiro. It's shot in the actual on location. So the detail is insane. Mm-hmm. It's immaculate because it's real. There's no like sets or anything like mm-hmm. that. It's all, you know, part of it. So that I mean, it's important to discuss, but I think we can Dude, like kind of just the mention, level like, of grit is tremendous. Yeah, it, you see these kids all there. these little kids the with guns walking through these dirty alleyways the covered in trash and like bullet holes. It's a uh, it's rough, man. It's like it's one of those movies where you're watching it and your brain or my brain keeps going back to this like idea of look at what humans have created for ourselves. You know, like not just in terms of like the city and how grimy it is, but the culture and like how this this level of violence and greed because greed is the only way that people know to how to like escape poverty Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know it's all these elements of civilization that have you know just been bred from from the the roots and you see the results here and it's it's like just so depressing on a human level yeah i got a lot of like um like johannesburg vibes you know like a lot of like like um district nine type original like you know not as bad as those slums but like you know that type of they actually filmed in the slums in Johannesburg in those movies. Mm-hmm. And like it actually, it feels real. It feels not built or preset. It's actually, these are people's houses that you're walking by. And, and that adds just such another layer of, I don't know, just intensity to all the scenes because 
you know, you're like, is that bullet hole there because of the movie or was it always <laughs> yeah, there? Right. <laughs> you know, the whole time, like you never, you're always questioning how real any particular scene is. Like I was, you know, of course we, we go into the trivia on these movies and there's a lot of interesting trivia on this movie. Of course, like they couldn't film in the actual city of God because it's extremely dangerous. Yeah. And, uh, but like there was multiple robbery attempts on the film shoots. There was multiple shootings nearby. Like it's a, like, like I mentioned, the two main actors are from there. And uh, if you look at the IMDb, IMDb trivia, there was an interesting piece of info you guys probably picked up. Uh, that scene where she asks asks the main character um, if he's ever taken a shower with hot water. That was um, not scripted. That was right. just the two actors talking. Yeah, the lead actor <laughs> in the movie had legitimately never taken a shower with hot water. And They're so just, that was just them, like, he was just telling her about how he grew up and stuff. And it was just like, like that adds such a level uh, and a level to a movie that you can't replicate. You're getting on to like a really important point here, Jeff, which is authenticity. You're speaking about authenticity of environment, but I think like authenticity of so many other elements like lead into what makes this movie so enrapturing. We talked about the performances as well. Like the, the two lead guys, one of them was just there to support his friend. They're from the city of God and had never acted before, but they do it tremendous job i think especially the the gangster one lil z um yeah lil z man and it's Whew. it's not a i think like my question about the sort of what i called the guy richiness or the whatever flashiness is the movie felt 100 percent authentic until every once in a while there was like the music would kick in and some of that editing and i was like it feels like a movie now yeah you know what I mean? And that's not, I'm not saying it's a problem. That's why I phrased it to you guys as a question. Not saying like it's a hundred percent a problem. It's like I'm drawn a little bit out of the world of authenticity and into I'm watching a movie now. Yeah, no, there were definitely moments. I, it was almost nice, right? Like there were moments of reprieve from the grit and it would get back into the quick editing and the snappy music. And like when he started working at the the newspaper, and he started like using his camera a lot more. I felt like the film's tone actually picked up a little bit. There are a lot of like hills and valleys of emotions in this movie for me. Whenever I watch it, I go from like being kind of like happy because childhood is always cool to see, you know, and like everyone's like this party atmosphere. And then there's tragedy, and then there's moments of, like, just sheer anger. Like, the thing between Knockout Ned and Little Z, like, that whole thing just made me so angry. And I don't know, it's cool that this movie can, like, it has little stories like that, right? Like, that are totally close-ended on each side. Like, they're complete stories that occur within the movie. Yeah. Well, I was I wanted to address that same thing when you mentioned about how all these stories were coming together to coalesce into something complex mm -hmm. is like I don't really feel this movie has a narrative. It's more of a bunch of vignettes yeah. that just happen to take place in the same town and when the town is so insular and community based like these these um these ghettos are, you just these story these vignettes just happen to overlap in certain ways just because of the general proximity to each other and to these particular gangs and these activities is that your your stories are bound to overlap one another especially when and they're all trying to get the diamond yeah damn okay. it all right <laughs> i was like wait i tried what? <laughs> swing and a miss yeah i just don't see the guy Ritchie aspect <laughs> like as much as you do so it's like it's not really resonating for okay. me it's like yeah, it's just uh, I I, I release I release this joke <laughs> into the the death of the universe. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's a movie that I think it's trying to tell a very authentic story. In those moments where it's getting back to the music or the editing, is actually I think on purpose from the director because he's saying like I'm making a movie here. I'm not making a documentary. You want to watch a documentary about the ghettos in Rio de Janeiro? go watch a documentary. This is still a mm -hmm. film. And that's really why I, I more attribute it to a film like Man on Fire because Man on Fire has that aesthetic a lot of the time. It has these weird snappy angles, but you still, they filmed in Mexico City. 
during during a time of a lot of kidnappings and so you feel that tension and that edge in the movie and i felt that same thing in city of god where you you felt like this was a place that people were scared to be from for the most part but also like loved to be there was a lot of love for the ghetto and where these people come from in the sense of like this we have nothing else but this mm-hmm. and that's such an important point and then the other i think really important point was like they do this little uh, montage about gaining soldiers for this war they're having and it's always so great when you see these things because it's, it highlights a really important point that these these wars whether they're holy wars gang wars they always start because somebody the proverbial Cain and Abel you know what I mean like it, it's always one person killed somebody so that's revenge for that and then that's revenge for that and that's revenge for that and it's like they highlighted that so well when the soldiers are coming in it's like I want to avenge my father's death he killed my cousin this he kicked me he punched yeah. me it's like these it just starts cutting back and forth between the words killing and honor. Yeah. Killing, yep. honor, killing, uh-huh. honor. And you're like, ah, It just gets right. more trivial and trivial too. The w- just like how you said it, Jeff. It's yeah. like. It starts as like more like revenge and it eventually becomes like, oh, well, he picked yeah. on me. He spit yeah. on me. And it, and it's like, and then eventually it just becomes you kill to get respect. Yeah. This fucker stole my lunch money. All right, here's a Glock. Yeah, exactly. Go get him. <laughs> And they and the the frivolous nature in which these these adults quote unquote I mean they're all supposed to be teenagers and they all look young too which is a, to the film yeah, like early twenties like yeah. yeah all the actors look the age that they're trying to play like a lot of the times like for when Karen, they when you right. when you, <laughs> like what are you yeah, doing wait, I think that's the point he's supposed to be like <laughs> older than everybody else and uh, but also I love that I love the diversity of yeah Brazil. you got the ginger it's, kid. It's very, uh, the diversity in Brazil is shown. It's like, these aren't like South American people. Of course, the ginger kid is rich in Brazil. Well, yeah, probably. He's got the designer clothing. It's just like little rich He's got the designer jeans. I've known kids like that. And I don't don't mean the denim ones. And I don't mean that disparaging in any way. It's just the way that Brazil, the hierarchy set up. I mean, it's pretty similar to other areas of the world and the United States, right? Like. I mean, Darker. We, it's very clear that there's, yeah, there's a definitely a, a, a class system as far as skin exactly. tone. Um, I love that they ended up at the beach a couple times. Oh, hell yeah. Because for me, it just, I don't know, it hammered home this idea of like juxtaposition in a sense. It's like, look how beautiful the world is. You have them sit down and smoke a joint and look off and there's like, you see the islands in the distance and the sunset and it's like so gorgeous and peaceful and cool. And then, like, you're snapped right back into the just mud and shit and death of the the more urban environments. Yeah, like, even when they're younger and he's talking to his friend, they're, like, hanging out in, like, some mangrove trees or something where it's just, like, these trees in this, like, beautiful pond and they're just, like, jumping in and out of it. And he's, like, talking to him about, what are you going to do when you grow up, you know? And Rocket, the main character, he's like, I don't, I'm not going to be a gangster. He's like, I don't like guns. He's like, I don't want to be a hood. I like how he tries a couple times, but he's just like, they were too nice. Yeah. That girl was cool or that guy was cool. Like, I just can't do it. It's not within him. And yet that other kid, like little Z, you get that whole like heist thing at the, uh, what is it? Like a brothel? I think it's like a brothel. Oh, it's a hotel. And everyone dies and you don't know. Yeah. Hotel. And you don't know for a while that it was the little like like ten year old kid who Crazy went in there and just shot player. everybody. Yeah. He's just like like for no reason. He's just like wanted to shoot people. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know. I mean, it's a it's a very dis- like I said it's it's very much like a bunch of vignettes that just have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think that this movie's benefit is that it ties them together in a way that makes enough sense to where you can follow along and enjoy it uh enjoy it to the degree that you can enjoy a movie like this um but i think that it also has a huge kind of testament as far as what you were saying jesse about like how these how you can sometimes if you try you can through attitude kind of manifest the results you want like he wants to rob somebody, but then he meets a really nice guy and he's like, oh, this guy's too cool. And then he like wants to rob the bakery, but then he gets the girl's number. It's like every time he goes in with a bad intention, but just generally because he's a good kid, he gets a good result. And it's more about like a little, I think that was a little bit of a, a testament to like 
the inner morality. Like the Lil Zay, he's always angry. He's always yeah. frustrated. He's always mad at somebody. He, I mean, it's only the through like his his buddy Benny that he can like kind of curb that. And then once he dies, it's like this huge kind of opening of the floodgates of like the worst version of him. This this uncontrollable rage and. I mean, we see how he's treated as a kid. He's smacked around. and Oh, yeah. And, I mean, we're showing how, like, this kind of... This behavior in this environment can manifest these type of behaviors in, in young children. And, like, that they get used as soldiers. I mean, the way they kind of explain the way the dealer hierarchy and ladder works. How you start as a kid and you move up and up and up and up as you get older. That is... I don't know. Just yeah, the, the movie's yeah. bookended yeah. by kids who are about to, you know, become crime kingpins and be ruthless. I was just about to say that. It's like yep. that's yep. probably the most overt message of, of the film is the recycling of history and of time, right? And of each with each generation it's like, I don't know. Yeah, how it just cycles. Then you really get that at the ending when you see the kids I'm gonna kill like, this kid. wielding the guns, talking about like the death list that they're going <laughs> to yeah. have. And that's all, but apparently this is based on a real guy and his real story. I like how they say that at the end of the movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you you know when you're watching this, you're like, even if you don't know that this is a one-to-one true story, in quotations, I mean, I have no idea how close it is, but you know that things like this and stories like this happen every day. Oh. That's And that's one of the most impactful things about it. But to have that little title card at the end being like based on a true story. I don't know. I thought that was a nice little touch. My favorite aspect of it is that knowing that it was a true story and that something like photography got this kid out of this area. You know, first it it gave him a way to view and like compartmentalize and really decompress from where he was from and where he lived because he was able to photograph his own home. And he could, like, deal with his emotions that way. But then he was able to also use that to get out of there. You know, because that was the the narrative that I always latched onto, was that, you know, Benny's going to get out. And that's what made it so tragic, right? Because it was like, everyone, in the narrator even says this, everyone knew Benny was, like, bigger than the slums. He just had that, like, magnetic personality he was handsome, he was like good with people, and he was gonna just totally like take over the world or at least get the hell out of Rio. And that didn't happen for him. And so it's almost like sets up this thing for the main character. It's like, well, if it doesn't happen for someone as great and as spectacular as Benny, like how the fuck is it gonna happen for me? And I think that that's one of my favorite things anyways about the humanities and about art in general is that it gives you like the something out of nothing scenario. Um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it's always the argument I have against, you know, everyone being a fucking coal miner or a welder or having a 100% blue collar society. There's nothing wrong with blue collar work, but why do you have to be condemned to a life of poverty and just, you know, slogging through the mud if you don't have to be? I just, I'll never understand, like, why. I don't know. I think this movie is a really, really strong argument for, like, things like the arts and things. Well, yeah, definitely. I mean. Yeah, take it. We can see that, obviously. With, yeah, we, we can definitely see that, obviously, with the with him being a photographer. But it's also more of just, uh, it seems like the, the, the people who want more out of life are the ones who tend to get snuffed out quickly. Yeah. The people who want the the bigger, the better, they want to get out. They want to because, and even the other original three in the beginning, they keep mentioning like we just want to get enough money mm-hmm. to get out, and then be done. They all like, die, they right? Do. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes, they all die, and it's it's because I guess in a way. Well, I don't know. Does the does the pre does the one who goes to the church die? Oh, oh shit, you're maybe right. not. We just we just yeah, forget about yeah, him because he's yeah, not in this really. world anymore. He's off he, doing he his own thing. He essentially dies in in their eyes and in the world of City of God. Yes. If you join the church and turn your back on crime, you're dead. You're as good as dead. That's that's a hilarious statement. Seeing that it's called the City of God. I know, right? <laughs> you join the church, you're dead to us, motherfucker. Get out of the City of God. Get out of here. <laughs> you can't be a gang star. 
<laughs> I don't know. It. I mean, there is an aspect of the arts, but I think it is a very small window. I think it's more of like if you can get lucky enough because he, he doesn't take off until he gets a camera. It does so seem he's to be just, luck. Yeah. He's very much limited by just his resources and the tools available to him. And he gets finally gets a camera worth a damn. And then he's able to take the pictures of the gangsters, which then gets the attention of the paper, which then he gets better equipment. And which of course, so much happenstance, man, so much happenstance. Yeah. It's like violence is just infecting all the little pathways around it. Seemingly at random or not random. Yeah. Like, I will say, I was going to say, I was genuinely afraid of the scenes with Lil Z in them. I thought he was going to pop off at any moment. And I didn't like the scenes that he was in. It made me really anxious. Yeah, when he leads people to like murder children, he's like, go kill, pick one of them to kill after he shoots their feet. And dude, one yeah. of those kids is like a baby. Yeah. He has like he has like a baby tongue. I dude that that, that was scene, like so fucking uncomfortable uh, to watch. Yeah, that scene might like uh, this film obviously is. I love this film. It doesn't come with how any flaws. This one is not necessarily a flaw in filmmaking or like direction or acting or anything like that. It's more of like a flaw in a decision making thing like whether or not it should have been left in the film but yeah that scene is very hard to watch every single time i think it's supposed to set up the steak and fries character yeah. hilarious name i know i know uh, <laughs> but uh but i think it's they're trying to set up like how the corruption of these these kids like how that turning point happens and then they eventually kind of immediately take on the, this mantle of this life. Mm, you right could do that a lot of ways, kill. though. You could set that up in many different ways. I mean that that kid, the youngest kid. I mean he act. I mean I acting know. is <sighs> even hard to say. I, I mean for a kid who never acted before. Dude, and yeah. I mean we all oh, they we read the trivia. Cry. Yeah, they we read the trivia about how they made him cry and everything like that. And it's like even like I mean I couldn't do that. I couldn't be that convincing even through that through the tactic they used of like having him attribute a past pain to his foot and then like recreate how he felt when he was in, I think it was like a tooth pain or something like that. Mm, yeah. Which it's is like, crazy. It's, not, it's like the fact that he could even do that and have the capacity at his age to like be that convincing. It almost looks uh, like they whipped yeah. the shit out of him off camera and then just threw 100%. him up there. Right? Like hundred percent. Like... It looks like a kid who was just scolded. <laughs> Like it has like a, it looks really, really, really real, and uh, no children were harmed in the making of this movie. I am assured by multiple Google searches. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's weird too because you see kids in movies, or when I see a kid in the movie, I'm like, oh god, here we go. But this, this movie, movie has kids. like, it's like ninety percent kids, and I didn't bat an eye at any performance, <laughs> not a single one. It felt so authentic. Maybe it's because they all grew up in these slums. Like these were legit kids from the slums that are in this movie it's not actors yeah it, there's a couple yeah, actors I, mean, it, I think it, some of the white yeah. dudes are actors but like yeah. yeah knockout ned is like a he's like an yeah. he's like an actor and like a samba player oh he's that's in, what uh, i was talking about aquatic. before yeah. i was like i was leading up to the in the commentary on how violence just infects shit at random and like takes all these weird pathways it's like one of the kids that you see when they're handing out guns to everybody he's like i want to you know, get revenge for my father. And it turns out that that was a guy that got shot by knockout Ned mm-hmm. in a holdup. Yep. And it's yep. like, it's just, it's just like chaos. And that's it's after knockout Ned doom. himself has been infected by violence. That's when knockout yep. Ned is like hitting rock bottom and robbing banks. When before it's like, this dude's just some handsome guy who grew up in the city of God, who works on a bus collecting fare. And he does Samba with his hot ass girlfriend. Like he's not, he's not bothering anyone. He's not hurting anyone. Yeah. And little Z way. decides, Hey, I'm going to yeah. rape his bitch in exactly. front of him exactly. and make him watch exactly. and then murder his family. <laughs> and then you just have because, knockout just Ned because yeah, like knockout Ned, his whole thing, like the whole reason he got dragged into this is just like bad luck. Almost. It's like, you just happen to be at a party where some like insane gangster is at who wants your lady yeah. and boom all of a sudden your life is well, just 
done. Well, it was in tie with the narrative because, you know, Benny dies and Carrot goes, okay, I'm fucked. And it says, like, for Carrot's business to stay alive, he needed a miracle. The miracle was the fact that little Z didn't shoot Ned after the rape. You know, that he let him go long enough for him to get away, meet up with Carrot, and get out. That was the miracle that they were waiting for because that enabled them to have a gang war. What a terrible miracle. I'll take every yeah. other miracle in the Bible the, well, other than that one, please. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the. I think that right there is the. You're hitting the nail on the head. Is like those are the type of miracles in the city of God. Yeah. There is no. Yeah, like, there's that miracles. moment where they, they pray before going off to. to rob and murder it's like you think god's gonna be looking out for you on that like it seems strange well did you see the trivia for that as well i did you can tell the the ladies and gents yep Uh, apparently that's was just like one of the gangster kids that they had on the set was like yeah this is what we do before we go on hits (laughs) and they they were like they weren't going to do it initially like they didn't have that in the script and apparently one of the kids was like uh yeah we usually pray before we go out into a war and they were like okay well we should probably do that then <laughs> to make it authentic oh. and they just like did that prayer scene i'll never understand the cognitive dissonance that's involved with gangsters their mothers and religion italian <laughs> gangsters that's Irish such an amazing gangsters. trifecta thank like, you for that i like, love that it's just well i mean it's it's i mean it's not that hard to figure out i, I mean it's, it's not but you are but he alex just boiled it down in such beautifully simplistic terms yes there. i i get it like those are the things but like it's not like know, that was like, a revelation for me <laughs> it's like you if you, all you have to do is just make the other side the enemy of god yeah. and, and you're done it's, it's like a one ingredient cake Holy War is a one-ingredient cake. No, are we going to kill this guy at two? No, I got to do it at one. I told my mom I'd come over and bring her flowers. And it's like, Jesus yeah. Christ. Could, could you make a cake with one ingredient? No. <laughs> what if the ingredient what if is it's, cake? Yeah, what if it's a... <laughs> just There's cake no mix. called cake, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, cake the, mix. The cake mix on the box, it's just cake. You just like fashion it into a cake? <laughs> <laughs> Ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> It's my favorite ingredient, baby. Little levity. (laughs) But, I mean, maybe you could look at going back to the the film. You could go, you (laughs) could say even like the knockout Ned thing, like him having his bad luck went to, it was like transferred in a way to the main character, to Rocket. Because after Ned and like starts going on his war path and everything and starts losing his mind. We start seeing our narrator all over the city with his camera getting really good shots for, you know, the newspaper. Yeah. Well, we, it's, I think it's just another kind of highlight of the theme of the only time something good happens for somebody else is when something bad happens for another group. Yeah. It's like the only reason he's able to take off and survive and, and be successful as a photographer is he's taking pictures of corpses of 20-year-old men and 18-year-old men and 10-year-old kids yeah. who are in a gang war. Like, that's that's his big come up in I life. Know. Congrats. Yeah. Was, <laughs> the, so, was, the, was the inference at the end that he didn't publish the police photos because he was just afraid for his life? Yeah. Of the police working with little Z and letting him go for bribes. I don't know. I love that scene <laughs> actually. Cause when little Z is like telling the kids like, Oh, we're going to have to do a bunch of hits to get back. Even you can feel like the desperate nature and like the toilsome nature of just gang life. And you're like, you're done, dude. There's no reason to, why would anyone like build you back up when you have nothing? It'd just be easier to start over from zero. But the pictures with the police, I thought, I forgot actually. I always forget he that he takes them. That he's like shooting between. Yeah, because he says he yeah he he shoots that and then he says these would make me famous. Yeah. But then at the very end, when he's walking around with his little friend, he's just like, yeah, they hired me, and it's like it's just some money, not not a whole lot, but you know it's enough. So I think the inference there is that he did not publish the police photos. Damn. I bet the story just came out long after maybe he kept them because this uh primarily takes place in the 70s yeah and the film came out in 2002 yeah it takes place over the 60s 70s and 80s yeah so yeah i don't know it has that very 
it has that aesthetic that like American Gangster had, where you see like the transition of the drug trade, yeah, like, exactly, from weed to coke, yeah, and, definitely, yeah. You see how like the influence of disco and hippies and all that kind of stuff. They like peace and love, like even like the hippie movement was touching. Yeah, Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, like, I love that. You see a lot of that Western influence. I like, love all that. Of Western jazz, swing, soul. Carrot has all like of bell these... bottoms. Carrot's character yeah, rolls like, like jean jackets and like bell bottoms. Yep. I like love that era like, when it comes to movies, yeah. like movies that touch on that era, whether it's like Pulp Fiction or Boogie Nights, when it's like celebrating the excess and the sort of like style of that era and just the, the cultural consciousness. And I also love these sort of rise and fall like gangster drug type movies. Mm-hmm. Of, for whatever reason, I'm just really drawn to those. So it is really interesting seeing that in Rio de Janeiro. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot more intense i think over there because it's like so many people yeah like isn't it isn't rio de janeiro like the most populated city i don't know if it's like one of the most populated cities and on the planet i mean i don't know if it is it is it could be i mean it is one of the biggest cities on the planet right i think just the sheer density of poverty is what is crazy because if you're rich yeah you you live on a nice area you know you're you could just drive to the city in like 20 minutes but if you're poor as shit, like you walk to the city for work, but you walk back the fuck up those hills and like it just stacks upon stacks of different types of domiciles. What looks like a house to our eyes could be a living area for two, three families, right? Like I have no idea. It's just like it looked like just m- masses of concrete the way during the film. Cause and like you, grime and dirt yeah. and garbage. Yeah, I want to use a word that Jeff loves a lot: tactile. It's a very tactile yeah. movie. Oh, it was. it's like you feel hot, you feel sweaty watching this and grimy. Oh, definitely. Because it was hot and sweaty. Yeah. and the garbage was real, and because yeah. it was actually like it's like all it's authentic. Fair. Yeah, it's uh, I just uh, so I, I fact check myself. So Sao Paulo is the eleventh most populated city in the world. So by the way, so it's not, my it's brain, not in the top I 10. I just thought. There's somebody needs to be keeping a tally of the number of times that Jeff compares something to a cake on this podcast, <laughs> whether it's a well-made cake or how many ingredients in a cake. Okay, so There's a lot of them. Making a cake, a good cake, is is not easy. Oh, I, watch, I watch Great British Breaking Show, dude. I know. And you need to. <laughs> and you need. It's chemistry, and it requires all the little bits and the pieces to be in a row. It's actual chemistry. If the salt content, baking soda content's off in any way, you have a shitty cake. That is very much like a movie. Like I mean, it's it's like you can ruin a movie with just one dynamic being yeah. off, one character being too far removed from the plot, one scene or one particular aesthetic, a bad score or a shitty camera work. Like if you had a really like lowbrow comic relief character in this film, oh, he's like making bad jokes. I mean, it, I mean, you could or do like anything a, to fuck a film like a, this. Up. Like, yeah, how do we ruin side, this movie? You, you add like a sidekick that's like an anthropomorphic, like science fiction being. In this oh, movie, okay. yes. That <laughs> so District Nine would have made it a different movie. <laughs> no, no, no. Sure. <laughs> I'm talking about like uh, like Donnie or something from like. Uh, the wild thornberries if you guys ever watched that show or some like oh my god what i don't even know what you're talking about reference you know who i'm talking about right just Just like the ridiculous like spastic character that's just randomly there for no reason other i don't know how that character would fit in this movie oh you just put him in but (laughs) he's just there well yeah (laughs) What if I mean, we had I, the alien from Ridley Scott's Alien in there? <laughs> <laughs> it comes out of Z's corpse after he gets murdered by oh, other children. there you go. Put Adam Driver in this movie as a 14-year-old as kid Z. with Marfan syndrome who lives in the slums of Rio de Janeiro. What's no, Marfan syndrome again? What is that? It's when you... Uh, Marfan syndrome, the, the like physiological expression of it tends to be people who are very long and extended and have long like faces and ears and things like that. Like Abraham Lincoln had it. Um, oh yeah. Oh, there is some okay. talk of that. So. so you, yeah. Okay. Uh, I, I would put him in as his character from marriage story. Jesus. Him just screaming <laughs> in that crying scene. Yeah. Just, <laughs> yeah, just him crying and screaming at everyone yeah. the whole movie. <laughs> 
Damn it, I haven't seen that yet. Joke is lost on me. Fucking marriage. (coughs) Jesus Christ, dude. You got to get out of the 40s. I am out of the 40s. Yeah, he's in this. Don't 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 get me started with things people haven't seen, okay? We'll be here all day. I'm sure I could dredge a list thousand miles long, my friend, I will things s- you got to see. We talk a lot about movies when we talk th- like about the financial. We do talk a lot about movies. <laughs> the financial aspects of them. So this yeah. costs like 3 million to make and it made 30, which I feel like Not to bad. make close to 10 times profit is pretty good i mean yeah this movie was big there's big news around it it had some oscar noms um let me check which ones i think it's best picture right best director best cinematography not best picture best writing best i think was one that they yeah best writing and editing yeah i would agree with all those all, the, all those elements are fantastically done it made 90 grand on its opening weekend no way (laughs) yeah well i wonder where it i wonder where it debuted maybe just in brazil i don't know well it's gross it's has a much higher worldwide gross than u.s yeah so it's majority of its audience is international and yeah it's i mean this is definitely a, a, a brazilian movie i mean it's not i don't really feel like a hollywood or american movie industry hand or clutches on this film i feel very much like this is a rep this is a piece of brazilian culture just like kind of when we watch south korean movies and they are a piece of south korean culture that we just happen to enjoy Mm -hmm. this movie felt very much the same no i would agree i think that there is he's definitely taking stylistic cues from certain elements of the cinematic world that he enjoys but he's definitely making them his own and doing it in service of this really gritty, uh, amazing, impactful story. Yeah. I mean, does he have... Okay, so I'm looking at his other movies. He did The Constant Gardener, which is... I like that movie. Interesting. And yeah, I, never, I remember liking that movie. I don't remember anything about it. I don't remember anything about it at all, but I do remember just that name. I don't remember if I liked it or if I even saw it, but I do remember that name. That's pretty That's much about it. Like, and it's then, about like Ray Fiennes and war or something. He do, Yeah, he does a lot of stuff about you know Brazil, Rio. His latest movie, I was looking at this earlier, is called The Two Popes. And it's about two yep. popes talking about Catholic stuff. Yeah, that one actually I think is about Pope um, Benedict. Oh, with Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it's about yeah, it's, uh, Pope Jonathan Price, Anthony Hopkins, ah. Pope Benedict, and Pope uh, Francis. Francis. I am I am definitely interested in seeing more of this guy's films. I will say that, and that's always a good sign for your movie. When I come off it, and I'm like, I want to see his other stuff. Well, I believe Pope Francis was from. He's South from Argentina. Like, right? ooh, this one looks good. The Argentina. Nutty Boy too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. So he's from Argentina. Yeah, so he, Argentina, they speak yes. Spanish, I believe. Yes. yes Brazil speak. is one um, of the only countries in South America that doesn't besides, speak Spanish. Yeah. I think it, it's, yeah, it's primarily the, I mean, yeah. Definitely. I was going to let the you guys, one. I have no idea. It's the one of, it, yeah, it's, I think it's, it's the biggest Portuguese. country in. But it's Brazilian Portuguese. It's yeah. not like the same as Portugal Portuguese traditional. But uh, it's you know it's definitely a mo- he definitely has his finger on the pulse of where he's from, and I think that's super super important for a director to like. If you're from a place that's interesting, you're the best one to tell that story. And I always feel that's a I great that- representation. We have that again with um well, I, the movie I just referenced that it's a lot like this movie. Uh, oh, District Nine, um, not a lot like this movie about but South like, Africa and Johannesburg. Neil- yeah, Neil Neil Bumfuck is like able to like <laughs> do South Africa. So I'm not even gonna try like change it. Jeff does not Blomp like Camp? any names like, that aren't it. American. Blomkamp. My favorite part of that is like everyone else learns English. We don't even have to learn other languages, but Jeff wants like anyone whose name isn't Smith to just change it. No, I don't mind beautiful <laughs> names. I just like if your Blomp name Camp. is more than three syllables. Blomkamp. <laughs> It's pretty easy. My first name is four syllables. Uh, try it. Try it. But I'm not going camp. to. I'm not doing it. I'm going to have it. you call me what about, what about every Villeneuve. time we do this podcast. Change it. What about Bear? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Take the H off. Change it. 
<laughs> they should have done that at Ellis Island, huh? I think they, they I think they should have <laughs> as well. What about Fernando uh, Mir- Mireles? Say the say his name, Jeff. Dude, I actually can pronounce like I actually speak Spanish and I can I pronounce don't. these names, but no, no. I actually love Spanish names. They come easier to me, like South American Spanish names, like all that kind of stuff. Like I actually work that accent flows better because I actually speak the language much easier than so. Villeneuve. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what is that? You told him to change it in our Dune episode. I did. Yeah. I know. I know. I I was like, what? I don't know. Where is he from? Where is that French Canadian name? Oh yeah, definitely change it. <laughs> oh, definitely. You fucking yeah. Putin muncher. <laughs> change that name. Yeah, All right, works. City of God. Let's wrap it up. Yep. City of God. Wrapping it up. Great fucking movie. Um, uh, you know, go on an empty stomach is my yeah. is my my advice. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if if you may feel that we didn't cover like the nitty gritty of the details or scenes, it's because this movie is just one of those movies that is an experience. It's better watched and enjoyed. Uh, it's one of those movies that you can talk about thematically or morally or the setting and 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 structurally. But as far as like the scene to scene, it it wouldn't do us justice to sit here and try to describe this type of just unique filmmaking and unique story it's best viewed yeah wouldn't do us justice or the movie justice yeah i I completely concur yeah that's a good way to put it yeah so this is a kind of just more of like wow like it's almost like a reaction (laughs) it is it's like wow especially because jeff and i watched it this morning we're still in the reaction phase we're like wow well that was that was our morning you know (laughs) it was an intense way to start your day it's kind of like sort of like after thin red line that we did last week it's like you just have to sit back and you're kind of like reeling from seriously. it seriously yeah it's like i'm almost like hesitant to do man of god like i might want to do that on my next pick just man because of god. my <laughs> man of god sounds like a great movie <laughs> bro my brain <laughs> like, like or any man day. of god starring of adam god. driver um city of fire <laughs> like either of these could be movie names easily and probably are there is definitely a movie called city of fire oh and definitely man um, of god just some religious movie man on fire we I, I i'm hesitant to choose that because that while that is definitely a more hollywood movie whatever it's still very oh, yeah. intense so i, was I mean fine. right all right yeah you, you want me to watch it that's a great way to get me to i watch want it. you to watch I want you to watch it because, I mean, this is the type of movie where, like, my wife, Jolene, she watched it, and she was just, like, the whole time looking back at me, like, is this going to happen? Uh-huh. Is this going to happen? Like, she was just so, like, concerned for the characters, which is very rare for her to be that into a movie. So, I always kind of use yeah, that as a nice Yeah, but she bookmark. also likes, uh, what was Alex talking about last week? I can never, never remember Stargate. the name of this fucking movie. Stargate. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I try to conjure it, my brain comes up with something else. Dude, I don't know why. Everyone has their garbage sci-fi that they like. <laughs> just you know, like shit. everyone's got their Stargate. Everyone's got their Star Trek: The Original Series. You know, everyone's got that piece of garbage mm. sci-fi that. They what's love. your What's your garbage sci-fi, Alex? I don't know. Independence Day, right? I mean, yeah, that would probably yeah. be it, right? Like a lot of what's yours, maybe Jurassic Jeff? Park. That's not garbage. Uh, That's a good movie. Battlestar. Okay. Okay. Like yeah. the is that Battle a movie? Galactica. No, it's a show. Okay. But that's like good, yeah. right? Mm, not really. It's more good for the fans. It's yeah. like a I always view Battlestar as like kind of like supernatural. Like it's one of those shows that the fans like are absolutely obsessed with. Right. But if you're not like, you know, I have more like you know, garbage as far as like participant fantasy fantasy leave it. picks, I think. Like more guilty pleasure. So there's just more fantasy. garbage fantasy. Yeah. Oh, I don't but know. It gets There's real, a lot of garbage though. sci-fi. It gets real, like, but it's all it's all now though. We were in this big wave of like sci-fi kind of reemergence, and I think it's all pretty recent in the last ten years. You know, yeah. Like, I mean, if you shit fantasy for a if while, if you go back to like like post Star Wars, like the eighties, there's millions of low budget garbage oh, yeah. sci-fi movies. I think it comes in waves. You know, just like anything else. Yeah. Just like sci-fi but comes no, in yeah. waves, fantasy comes in Three waves. Movies I'm trying to think intense. of what mine would be. We're going to have to review like the fucking Teletubbies or something. Give ourselves like a break. Yeah, go, go watch some... Uh yeah, some Rob Schneider flicks. Yeah, and right. <laughs> just, we'll watch and just laugh. By Rob Schneider. Just laugh. Just anything. Uh, watch, watch Deuce Bigelow 2. <laughs> mm. 
Some of the most <laughs> offensive films ever made. I think those uh, movies would affect me more than City of God. I think I'd feel more disgusted way? with humanity than I did after <laughs> watching City of God. Oh, shit. All right. Oh, baby. Thanks for listening to the greatest and only movie podcast on the entire internet. <laughs> we are the real weirdos, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff. And we'll see you all next week. We're going to talk about goodbye. City of Fire or Man of God. We're, we'll figure it out. Have we'll a figure good it one, out. Chicka-chacka-chaboo. Now our podcast is done. And we have to run. We know it is sad, but we had so much fun. Don't be bereft, Jesse, Alex, and Jeff. We'll be back real soon. The real weirdos. We talk about movies for way too goddamn long. Boo, 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 boo.